This is Art House Roadshow, a podcast on film, faith, and mental health with your hosts, Kyle Myers and Hank Spaulding. And welcome back, movie nerds, to another episode of the Art House Roadshow. Uh, my name is Hank. I'm joined here by Kyle. It's really nice to kind of get back into a rhythm of these uh, two and one every other week. Uh, summer is always great for a lot of reasons. Um, it gives us a break, but um, we uh, we really enjoy being able to come back here and kind of offer you um, bi-monthly, or I guess bi-weekly. I forget what it is now. I always think bi-weekly is twice a week, but it's every other week. Right? Yeah. No, it's very confusing. It is very yeah. confusing. <laughs> I always say both in emails anytime that that's said. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So anyway, well, weigh in. What do you think? Is it bi-weekly or bi-monthly? Anyway, um, but we're here. Uh, we're excited to talk to you about AI today, uh, which is going to be uh, the films that we're going to cover. Got a lot of films in this category. Um, Artificial Intelligence, uh, Spielberg movie uh, is going to be one that we talk about, but um, there's a lot of others we'll talk about as well. But before we get started, Kyle, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, man. Yeah, just uh, deep in the rhythm of things now yep. um, and not actually not watching very many movies, mm-hmm. uh, keeping busy and staying tired. Um, <laughs> That's so right. So this was a nice uh, on purpose. I watch, it's helpful to have something on purpose and reason to watch a movie. So yeah, got that done and, and also watched, uh, rewatched Matrix Resurrections for this as well. I had, you know, like 10 movies I wanted to watch and I got two of them uh in there so that's awesome yeah there's um there's a lot of debate right now around ai specifically Mm -hmm. in the college setting which we're both in um where a lot of students like i mean chat gpt and and a lot of other um, artificial intelligence kind of like dialogue software um, is actually writing um student papers um which is a very interesting um very interesting um like I guess, uh, kind of innovation. Dilemma, yeah. Yeah. Innovation. It's a, but and it's like, it's an ethical dilemma because like, you know, the students don't have to learn how to write as well. I mean, it's very much like a, it's a, like a skill that's being lost here in transition. And so, and just in general, AI is kind of, um, it's always been something I think that the human imagination has been interested in. I mean, obviously the Terminator is one that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Skynet. Uh, Skynet. Yeah. I, that's, that was my first exposure. What was the first movie you watched that you remember AI being in? Yeah, I mean, uh, that I was more conscious of it was probably more like The Matrix. Because mm. uh, I did not watch Terminator movies uh, when I was younger, even though I grew up with those. Mm-hmm. Uh, Short Circuit, maybe. Mm, uh, Short Circuit, that's a good one. Yeah, and yeah, I don't I don't know what else. That's a great question. Did you ever, um, well, I think I know the answer to this. You've watched 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Okay. I, so I, that was the first one that I watched that filled me with like, I mean, besides the Terminator, Terminator is so fantastical, you know, and like so big that it, um, and apocalyptic, and yeah. apocalyptic that it kind of, I mean, it fills you with an existential dread of a kind, but it almost filled me with more existential dread on like, like nuclear Holocaust, I think, mm-hmm. than really the fear of artificial intelligence. Um, well that scene, yeah. Where, uh, the, it's more like a flashback, I think, but right. you actually see, the, the impact of the bomb mm-hmm. and, you know, bodies turning into skeletons. Right. And it's pretty messed up uh, yeah. and horrifying, you know, especially if you're young. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I remember watching that because I, I went through a stage. I mean, my first kind of exposure to movies was like the 
80s 90s action flick with either stallone or um, yeah. schwarzenegger and i watched that one um the second one judgment day which is where that happens um i mean great movie but uh one of the best sequels you'll probably find <laughs> i i still contend that aliens is a is a very interesting sequel as well but that's that's another conversation for another yeah day. those are two different directors but cameron did the aliens sequel Ridley Scott did the original, but then Cameron did both Terminator and Terminator 2. So yeah. um, there's a lot to be said for his you know, relationship to that and mm-hmm. innovations uh, in special effects and a number of things that are great yeah. about those. But he was a great storyteller then, too, um, and seemed to more or less focus on special effects mm-hmm. moving forward. Um, but, yeah, those are great. Yeah. All the way around. Well, this is interesting. This is, I mean, I would ask you normally what you've been watching, but, it, but per your own confession, you haven't had much chance to really yeah. watch much. But I guess I'll ask a new question in a sense because I, I told you the first existential dread I had watching a film. So I don't imagine much gives you existential dread, but in a film, what would be something that would truly like terrify you? Yeah, I mean, it's more spiritual. Uh, demonic is more terrifying to me. I mm. think that. Uh, for whatever reason, I've always, um, like, I enjoy the experience of, like, melancholy or just kind of contending with mm. uh, existential things as a, you know, uh, exercise or just, you know, uh, people dealing with that. Hence the, like, uh, grief, orientation towards grief in movies mm-hmm. and, and that kind of stuff is actually energizing mm-hmm. for me. Uh, so I don't know that I've really experienced um, dread around those things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, as much. And I know that people do, uh, but for whatever reason, like that's kind of an energizing topic to me. Mm. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's good to hear. Cause I imagine that in some sense, like the, uh, like your profession as a mental health professional, these are kind of tools um, for you um, in a certain sense to kind of like place yourself within um, the grief of another. This is an exercise mm-hmm. that you're, kind of more comfortable with mm-hmm. um so yeah the more spiritual threats would be very interesting well our uh first film um that we're going to talk about um today will be the artificial intelligence um movie by steven spielberg just called ai artificial intelligence mm-hmm. um which for me like going back and watching it like you know it came out in 2001 it very much feels like a product of its time just because Haley Joel Osment's in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's funny, you're talking about um, uh, last time, the uh, we're talking about Scorsese um, and kind of your love-hate relationship with Leonardo DiCaprio as a, as, mm-hmm. a leading, as a leading actor. I remember feeling that very much with Haley Joel Osment after a while um, in the early 2000s myself. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, this is a very interesting film about AI and, you know, I'll kind of pepper in some stuff that, cause I've been doing a lot of reading just theologically about AI. And I like this film because in some sense, you've got like two different kinds of AI. You've got the AI, like the Terminator AI, that's like, you know, malicious, going to wipe us out kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And then these other AI films, like I would put, for example, in this uh, category, like the Bicentennial Man. Robin Williams film, Mm -hmm. if you've ever watched that. This is a more or less a question about what makes us human. Yeah, right. Um, And I much prefer this kind of (laughs) uh, story about AI than the other. But, you know, what are kind of some of your things that attract you to this? Because when I first brought up the idea of AI, or maybe you did, this is one of the first films that you mentioned. So what about this film kind of teases your imagination? 
Yeah, well, this one and, yeah, the whole of it. I mean, I think, you know, when I watched Ma- Matrix Resurrections, um, which might be, one, my favorite movie about marriage, um, <laughs> turns out. Um, I really love the kind of loose way that they came about putting all that together and exploring the one. Right. Um, and Trinity as the one mm-hmm. and them mm-hmm. together as the one. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on there that, that um, I just really enjoy. And and that one didn't get rated uh, very highly. I think people wanted something else from it, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, yeah, they, uh, you know, once uh, Neo and Trinity were killed and, and it brought about this time of peace and some different things going on, uh, one of the things that happened was some of the machines became sympathetic to uh, the humans. Mm. Um, and so it's an interesting question that I was uh, pondering of, you know, part of our AI, you know, freaking out about about AI anytime uh, that we've been in the conversation is that it will be like the original Matrix or Terminator Skynet, um, where it will, you know, take on a life of its own. And also the way we think about aliens sometimes, if aliens do exist and they come here, they're going to just take over, Mm. you know, Mm. and take all our resources and, and leave us behind. Um, or of course with machines that they'll enslave us, right? Um, and, and, or destroy us. Um, and so that's obviously plays to our kind of cynical, apocalyptic, uh, uh, kind of storytelling and, and way of thinking that we've been in for, you know, since post-World War II. Mm. Um, so it's been a long, long journey, but yeah, Mm -hmm. then there is this other side of it, of exploring, uh, I mean, this AI movie we'll get into is very much just a spiritual journey. Right. Um, like any and every, you know, great movie, but, um, but yeah, what is the, this one's asking the question about, you know, the, the machine's capacity for love, Mm -hmm. um, or desire for love. Um, and you see these kind of friendships that develop in, in newer movies in particular, uh, one of the themes of uh, Resurrections and uh, a film with Tom Hanks I love called Finch from mm, a couple years ago. Yes. And you one. guys have heard me talk about After Yang uh, a bunch of times on here. <clears throat> All AI-oriented movies. And, and After Yang is very much a, you know, we adopted an, an AI uh, person, teenager, to help raise our daughter and uh, fill this role. Um, and in it, he's malfunctioning, and then they're exploring his memories and, and interesting things. But uh, there's a great conversation in that movie about afterlife and butterflies. Mm. Um, butterflies make an appearance in Finch, and butterflies make an appearance in Resurrections. Yes. Um, so there is this kind of fascination with uh, spirituality around machines, which is sounds doesn't even sound rational to put that sentence together uh, yeah machines and spirituality but yeah but we're certainly that. in storytelling using it as a way of further exploring that which I think is fascinating yeah and in some sense the um, like I, I, I put like David's journey right alongside of who's the main character the AI boy and this film played by Haley Joel Osment like alongside of kind of the spiritual journey of the bicentennial man played by you know Robin Williams which is that I mean, that film that asked the question, like, what's so desirable about being human? In some sense, also, too, in a lesser extent, I think the same kind of question is in, like, Ultron um, mm-hmm. from the Avengers films. Like, yep. the conversations between him and Vision, especially towards the end of that yep. Avengers Ultron movie, where they're trying to not necessarily even talk about what it means to be an AI, but what it means to be human. 
Yeah. Um, like there's this craving of Ultron to have like a body, like a human's body mm-hmm. that works like a human's body. Um, and I, you know, obviously that's like the main thing that kills the bicentennial man when they, um, in the, in that film, but in this film, the Avengers film, it's very much like, a a kind of an, a conversation around the fragility of human nature, which I really deeply appreciated that thought piece right at the end of a, you know, traditional kind of smash and grab, uh, action movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah like 100. The, yeah, absolutely. And so like this, this film, I mean, you talked about adoption. I mean, in some sense, if we, if we would have waited a couple of weeks on the AI, maybe we should have, um, the, uh, um, there's a, another artificial intelligence movie that's about to come out called the creator, mm. um, which I'm kind of looking forward to mm-hmm. myself. Um, and stars the uh, actor from tenant, I think, um, Jonathan David Washington, I think is his name. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, he's, uh, and so I'm looking forward to that, which is again, a conversation. It's kind of, it seems like it's a, a halfway point between will AI destroy us? Mm-hmm. And also what does it mean to be human yeah. through this conversation, this little boy? Um, anyway, sorry. That was no, little, no, that's great. Earlier. That's great. Um, and I, uh, posted on Twitter a little while ago and, and tagged you, but there's a, um, an article that has basically 20, 20 AI films to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to go through them, it actually includes Ultron and Brian and Charles, which is another one yes. we've mentioned several times. Yes. Um, that was on my list to watch this week that I didn't get around to, but, yeah. um, but anyways, yeah, a lot, a lot of exploring those themes, 100. And even in Kubrick, <clears throat> so we mentioned Kubrick yet, but, uh, so this movie AI was actually his, you know, uh, something he was developing, uh, before he passed away and that Spielberg took his notes and, and pre-production work from, and then made the movie. Um, but Stanley Kubrick obviously made 2001 space odyssey and mm-hmm. how 9,000 is the, you know, AI computer, um, helping run the ship, uh, with, uh, the spaceship. Um, and, but anyways, it's interesting. So one of the points, the big, you know, uh, shifting in plot is when uh, How 9000 thinks there's an error, uh, something's not working. Turns out it is working. They relay this back home. They run, have another How 9000 run the same thing. And it exposes that How 9000 on the ship was actually in error. Um, But How 9000 on the ship feels insecure about this and can't, can't admit to the error and blames the humans, mm. uh, which then creates this plot by the humans to figure out what to do with how he's acting weird. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're insecure buddy about something, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, he's acting weird. You know, what should we do? How gets wind of this, uh, by reading lips and then turns into, you know, uh, one of the cinema's great villains basically. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, that's an, also an interesting, again, component to when we're exploring humanity and giving, pers- mm. you know, machines, these personifications like we used to do with animals or vegetables right. and storytelling yeah. uh, or Pinocchio, which is also highly resonant with this AI movie that, yeah, uh, that we can do that with machines, too. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our exploring our humanity. For yes. sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's such a great example. It's a funny story, actually. Side note, the first movie I ever watched in the Gateway was 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah. It was during a Kubrick marathon. Right on. Um, and I think that, like, the thing I love about that film is that, like, the, like, how the, how, like, lures them outside and, like, of the spaceship to kind of, like, eliminate them. Yeah. In the process is this very much this, I mean, using, pitting kind of this humanness against 
the humans in a, in a really pr profound way. Um, you know, and I mean, I, obviously like there's a lot to be said for that. And it's interesting to hear that now, like now on the opposite side of things, Kubrick develops this film about this, this boy AI that is very much mm -hmm. you know, a, a journey of love, a spiritual journey into love, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really interesting to hear that there's like the two sides of the same director with thinking through AI probably well before his time. I mean, well oh, before no his doubt. time. I mean, it's obviously a huge question right now, but probably not as much when, you know, Kubrick was developing these things. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Um, but it's fascinating, yeah, to see the history of it. And Kubrick was very much um, a very intensive intellectual um, and brought that to, you know, most of his movies. Mm -hmm. uh, so much so that he's, you know, seen as sometimes a cold director, not warm like Spielberg. <laughs> right, um, yeah. And that was some of the critics' contentions at the time with AI that um, it wasn't cold enough. You know, it's not Kubrick enough mm. uh, for them. That's too warm. It's too Spielberg. Uh, too much ET. <laughs> That's right. I was about yeah. to say very ET yeah. vibe in yeah. this film. Yep. And sure. And anyways, yeah. Um, so fa fascinating uh, exploration. And yeah. I wonder, like, as you're kind of, like, looking through, like, obviously Spielberg had to have had some kind of impact on this. Um, where does that appear most for you as you watch this film? Like, if there's, like, a stamp, almost kind of like a, uh, like, an, like a, I don't know, like an Easter, I, I want to say Easter egg, but probably not. That's probably not the right word. But, like, this is very much like a Spielberg kind of stamp on these things. Yeah, 100. I mean, I think all of it um, in terms of his willingness to explore these themes of mm -hmm. love and grief. So the creator, this is an interesting contrast to Barbie mm -hmm. in a couple of ways because David, um, you know, has some like uh, kin stuff going on and looking for love and connection and really desiring that. Mm -hmm. And then you've got David as <clears throat> a toy like Barbie uh, who, you know, is also looking for his maker mm -hmm. Right. Um, and connecting with his maker. Um, and his maker essentially uh, has made David out of his own grief um, because his actual son, human son, named David, you know, had died. And they don't explore a lot of that mm -hmm. backstory. But, um, uh, but essentially the creator made David out of grief. Um, and to be able to love parents. And this is subversive technology mm -hmm. in the film because they've made, you know, uh, human robots that can love, like, you know, make love and, and, and more sexual, fulfill sexual desires, but not like love. So it's also exploring love in the mm -hmm. movie as like, you know, C.S. Lewis would. Um, and, and what does that mean? What does it mean to create um, a child who can love his parents or receive love um, was a new question. And again, interesting from that standpoint, but uh, ultimately it's a Pinocchio story. Um, mm -hmm. It's very much, you know, parallel with Pinocchio um, and pursuing the blue fairy and it's overt, you know, in the story um, very much text, uh, but kind of fascinating to see it explored through these means. But with Spielberg, definitely the, the way the light and the water is used, mm, the spiritual mm. journey, the um, Lady of the Immaculate Heart, you know, just some very, like, uh, on-purpose, you know, images um, that, you know, show our need for uh, religion, show our need for meeting our maker, show our need for uh, going through this journey. It's also just a rite of passage. So 
uh, very much again in in the coming of age yep, totally. side of it, totally you know, as well. So on that theme of coming to of age, um, like, and I, I hate to go back to this, but ET obviously is this ET like, but with AI. Mm-hmm. Um, in some sense, the the kids are obviously an ET, the ones that are coming of age. There's this kind of theme. I, I don't really know exactly what to call it. Um, obviously there's more of like a biohazard kind of element to ET because of like, does the alien re- represent kind of, um, uh, you know, biological threat. I, but I love the idea of like a coming of age, like an, a coming to maturity of adulthood, you know, and you brought this theme up for, um, an AI as a way to then read back on, um, like the human experience of what it means to be. Cause in some sense, this child like does not have the same, um, does not grapple with the same stuff. I'm not saying that like it's less than, but like in some sense, like more than what the average child has to kind of grapple with, like a, a, an understanding of an existence. Like there's adaption, obviously, that's like a theme here. But I, I wonder, like in terms of like the coming of age uh, element in both ET and um, and AI, what do you think? Um, I mean, Spielberg obviously is covering this in two very different contexts, but. Do you think that there's some kind of connection between the way that he envisions a coming of age of these children in ET versus David here in artificial intelligence? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a great question, um, and but more in line with um, just the, um, you know, optimism and compassion uh, surrounding it. But just you just feel that, um, yeah, that it's not. Um, being exploited for some other part of the story, uh, the kids are not. Um, and it really is about, uh, this processing childhood as an adult, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very much for adults, um, to, you know, one, you know, remember and identify and, and empathize with, uh, the journey and everything that those journeys represent in terms Mm -hmm. of, um, you know, your typical sibling rivalry, Mm -hmm. um, in Mm -hmm. AI in particular is quite fascinating, um, and difficult and brutal, you know, Mm -hmm. at times as Mm -hmm. well, and ends up, you know, being the catalyst for, Mm -hmm. um, David's spiritual journey to leave home, go into the wilderness and confront death and loneliness and, um, lack and learning that he's not special, Mm -hmm. uh, or important as part of that. Um, and survival requires faith and hope, Mm. um, and compassion in other ways. Um, and there's even moments of doubt, Joe, Mm -hmm. you know, um, uh, doubt brings in doubt by asking what if the blue fairy isn't real, you know, and again, they're exploring love, uh, definitions of love and what Mm -hmm. love is and what kind of love he's looking for. Um, so all that's very much about, and it all even starts with, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you about the world, you know, mm. from his adopted mm-hmm. mom. Um, so it's all just very potent, um, yeah. from that standpoint. Um, and I wish I could, uh, go back into, it's been a long time since I've seen ET to remember how similar that is with that, but it's very similar to Pinocchio, but Pinocchio also includes temptation. Right. Yeah. Uh, when <clears throat> in the, I mean, in the book, he actually turns into a donkey uh, with his friends. But in the movie, original Disney movie, he just has the donkey ears. He's turning into a donkey, but he doesn't fully. Right. Uh, anyways, that's a consequence of, you know, not studying or whatever. They'd gone to this island uh, 
Um, and by doing bad things and having too much fun, you know, they turn into donkeys that are then exploited. Right. Um, and so that, you know, that whole side of it as well that, that, uh, David does not necessarily experience, but again, uh, fascinating from that mm-hmm. writing point of view. Yeah. That is a profound like story of faith there. Cause in some sense, like I was beginning to feel as I'm watching this film that, you know, David is starting to think he doesn't belong anywhere. Um, which I feel like is a is a very classic trope that I hear a lot in like mental health, mm-hmm. um, the sense of like meaninglessness and not belonging really anywhere. And so the spiritual journey is in some sense to find out not only, I mean, like in the opposite of kind of like you brought up Ken, right? Mm-hmm. Um, earlier, like the opposite of where Ken comes from, like I'm Knuff, like that mm-hmm. kind of ending piece. Yep. And instead going to the place of like, well, we're actually all kind of united in this, this same sense of like, we hope, we fear, we're, um, we're not eternal. You know, these, all these various kind of elements that are kind of just indicative of like creaturely existence in general. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think that's a, I mean, that's a really interesting insight that you have there, um, at least from my mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even to... Yeah, just the longing, right? Uh, which is there's a lot of just vulnerability in it, um, which again with Ken, you know, doesn't get to fully because we are the double bind for us culturally is that we are made. You know, Brene Brown would say we are mm-hmm. hardwired for love and connection mm-hmm. and belonging, mm-hmm. um, but culture is always telling us also <clears throat> to resist and to rebel and to push back against and to be individually expressive, right? Um, and so we're struggling to figure out like which one, you know, is it basically, uh, right. we want both. Um, but this one is very explicit in the, mm-hmm. you know, this longing, um, that this, you know, machine cannot help, <coughs> help, but, you know, mm-hmm. longing for his creator, longing to be special, longing, uh, for his mother and just very vulnerable stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Stuff yeah. that we're supposed to like stuff down and not talk about. We're supposed to be enough. Right. Yeah. We're supposed to be enough. Um, but you know, we're not. Um, and so we're not number one and number two, like, you know, belonging is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, uh, normal. So, uh, mm-hmm. historically speaking and spiritually speaking. So I think that that's, you know, it, it, it just highlights, you know, continued dilemmas mm-hmm. and that, you know, again, maybe the, the real dilemma right now is an AI and chat GPT and whatever, which I wish I had when I was in college. That's back right. In the 90s. Yeah. Uh, I had to pay people to write papers. That's right. Me, yeah. Which I didn't have enough money for. So I just wrote bad papers. That's but anyways, <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think there's a lot, there's a lot, um, there to extract, um, spiritually, obviously even to the end. And there's, you know, this movie, I saw it in a theater in 2001, which is summer before September 11th. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting that they, you know, when they first go into Manhattan you get to see the towers, one, but then two, even his, you know, whether it's a, a suicide attempt or whatever it was, but David, uh, uh, leaps off the edge, you know, and falls down into the water, um, and ends up being way into being res- rescued and then a further journey, um, for the blue fairy. But, um, but the way that Spielberg shows it, um, you know, him falling, I mean, it's just very nine 11 related. Uh, in terms of memories, right? Yeah, uh, and the visuals we were seeing that day. So it also, you know, became you know part of that in, in its own way, um, as well. In terms of um, 
grief and you know things that we're not in control of and, right. and a number of other things so you know it's yeah. fascinating yeah i love that i mean you said this just a little bit ago like early on here and this and in some sense like the um the language of like maybe it's not, it's not it's not just ai that we're afraid of it's it's these deeper kind of grapplings with our own yeah. kind of humanity um you know, and I, I kind of see that too in um, in her, which is a Joaquin Phoenix kind of film, mm-hmm. not kind of film, but it's a Joaquin Phoenix yeah. film. Yep. Uh, where he kind of fa- falls in love with an AI, um, whom at first kind of is more of just an assistant, but then grows in it. I mean, it talks about this sense of attachment, right? It it explores really directly this language of kind of like belongingness and attachment and things like that that I really appreciate. Um, that AI movies oftentimes bring out. Um, and I, I, I think of that loves like the love that they're shared. And it's not even just between um, Joaquin Phoenix's character and, and his AI, but it's actually a, an experience shared by a lot of users whom are so detached from other people mm-hmm. that they fall kind of yeah. romantically or, or they have a deep connection to their AIs. And I, in some sense, that's, um, that's a really great parable about, kind of our use of technology i think a lot of us feel more closely wed to like our phones than we do other people yeah and it's because that's kind of our access more to comfortable them. texting than talking absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely i mean and in some sense that's that's something too that kind of stuck out to me when i was watching the, these films is just to see that there's this hollowness right um with with ai that exposes not just ai's hollowness because i think ai has a hollowness to it but our own kind of spiritual hollowness when mm-hmm. it comes to our connections to other people in the mm-hmm. world. Yeah. Or spiritual longings. Spiritual longings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wonder, I mean, obviously this is not a film that either of us have watched probably for this one, but I'm reminded also of like ex machina. Mm. <laughs> That's a very different kind of film. Um, and it, it almost does this from reverse where you put the, uh, I think it's Brendan Gleeson. No, it's his son. Mm-hmm. Dom Hall Gleeson. Mm-hmm. Um, in this kind of character of his own spiritual like longings, in a certain sense, um, for this um, AI. Um, but her longings is to just be out in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, very different kind of movie. Very small film. Yeah, same director as Annihilation. Yep. Yeah. So... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to, obviously, I don't want to delve into that too much since we, we haven't watched it, but that's also a kind of connection there. There's there's lots of spiritual longing or just longings in general um, with these films for AI. Yeah. So, Well, yeah, and again, back to 2001, you know, there's definitely some, a rebirth kind of thing happening at the right. end of it, um, and which is interesting. And Blade Runner, uh, the the character of Roy uh, takes on very you know Jesus oriented, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, not just imagery but also kind of you know like motivations and um, and resolutions, which is you know very interesting. So there's definitely um, you know this kind of tie mm-hmm. of spirituality to yeah this this conversation when it's not just straight up. Um, again, Terminator or something like that. But I think the best of them are really exploring, you know, the human being. Right. Um, more than anything else, which is great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Um, uh, I, so I, until, until AI takes over and writes its own story. That's right. That'll be the interesting thing. Um, and then now, I mean, obviously this is part of like 
I think what's going on with the writer strike is that the 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 more reliance on kind of AI to even write dialogue for films mm-hmm. um, is kind of obviously scary. But I do think about scary. The, but Lucas could have used it for the prequels. He could. <laughs> we all know this. Yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it makes a lot more sense. I mean, in some sense, I wish that. Anyway, I, I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I don't. We we've spent many podcasts of me bagging on yeah. uh, Lucas and Star Wars, but I, you know, we don't need to do that anymore. Um, and it's funny because like I've as I'm on the other side of things, like I think of AI. Like I have a very dear friend who's very, I think, um, existentially concerned about AI in general, mm-hmm. like what it means for us and things like that. And is there a difference? Um, and I, I. I just haven't seen anything in AI that's really convinced me that there's really anywhere close to kind of like mimicking humanity in a Mm -hmm. real sense. Um, Because, you know, when we look at AI, there's this this sense of like Narcissus who like looks down and sees what we want to see, like about this kind of like efficiency, all this kind of stuff and things like that. Sure. But that's, this is why the films are so great because it's the art. It's not even looking down and seeing what we want to see, but looking down and seeing, I think, a true honest picture mm-hmm. <laughs> of who we are. That's what I like that's different about like the kind of philosophical conversations about AI right now versus these artistic models. Yeah, absolutely. They reveal, I think, more truth, and which is why they're so helpful, mm-hmm. I think, in us. I mean, because they're all films about, we talked about being human. They're not even really about the dread of it, of anxiety, of like AI becoming sentient and skynetting. I mean, obviously yep. those films exist, but the best ones mm-hmm. are the ones that are just explorations of our own humanity. Yeah. And if you want to combine body snatchers and AI, uh, you can play through Fallout 4. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And well, the Institute. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you played Fallout 4? I have not. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. Have you played uh, Detroit Become Human? No. That's a really good yeah. film about AI. Actually, I mean, it's the you play as these uh, various um, three, I think, artificial intelligent, artificially intelligent robot kind of individuals as they're kind of becoming human. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite parts of that there's a there's a character I forget her name. She's a caretaker, much like the ones we've talked about for a, a young girl for a single father, um, and she witnesses um, the father kind of like be abusive to the daughter um and her prime directive for lack of a better phrase is you know do don't do anything that harms the host you know the mm-hmm. who would be the father at this point um and she you know like freezes up on commands but there's something within her circuitry this the the kind of becoming aware that actually moves her to neglect neglect that in order to save the girl um, and it's a really interesting, powerful scene as she kind of becomes aware in that sense. Mm-hmm. Again, Detroit become human. Um, it's all about these artificial intelligence like um, beings kind of becoming human. A lot like Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Like you mentioned that already. Yeah. Um, and so if you have time, it's really good. Interesting. What's it called again? Uh, Detroit become human. Oh, There's right, also yeah. a detective element to it. So if you like, yeah, like that. detective like dramas, that. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it's um, it's really good. So yeah. you check that out. And Great. if you haven't played it at home, you, you should all play it as well. Mm-hmm. It's a very good, very good game. Um, and it doesn't require some of the same kind of like uh, the thing I appreciate, especially as I'm getting older, is the uh, doesn't require the same kind of dexterity um in my uh gameplay that uh yeah, other right, games do. Right. yeah no doubt <laughs> so well anyway well so we've, we've kind of covered a lot here with ai um uh, obviously we've got um 
uh, like there's a, I mean, there's a whole list and we have that list on our socials. If you want to check out those, those movies that are, um, important for us to cover. I would also mention that, that br- we have a review up of Brian and Charles, if that's something you want to check out. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that film. That was one of my top films of the year that it came out, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but any, I mean, what other thoughts do you have, uh, here as we're kind of like, uh, looking down at this, uh, at this very complex topic, but with the artistic representation. Yeah, no, and there's, there's, a, you know, uh, tons of other films to explore and, and list, but again, the one that we'll, uh, retweet on Twitter, you can see, uh, some others that I love, uh, Moon from 2009. That's a great one. Yep. Uh, more recently, Megan, which I've not seen, uh, horror film also about a, you know, child bot basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wally is not one we talked about, but that's you oh. know, yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, <laughs> so good. Yep, Wally's wow. great. We we've uh, been fans of that since since it came out mm-hmm. in our family. But yeah, you uh, want to talk about a spiritual journey there? Yep. Um, yeah, Megan is is fascinating in the sense that it's like imagine the caretaker becoming obsessive. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, it is a really great dialogue with like, what does it mean to, um. I mean, I think you'd like it for a lot of reasons because in some sense, like it's the main theme of it is this girl loses her parents. She's kind of satcheled with her aunt who's a toy developer Mm -hmm. and she's developed this artificially intelligent kind of like best friend toy. Yeah. And part of the film is kind of a discovery of like the aunt realizing that, you know, the kid, like her, her niece didn't want a great toy. She wanted to be able to talk about how she was feeling about her, mom and dad mm-hmm. um and the sure. what the doll did was just pacify you know her feelings and actually didn't deal with them in a constructive way so i i think you would like that there's obviously lots of slasher elements to it but mm-hmm. that's kind of the mental health piece which is really beautiful yep um, which i think you would very much that's great what's that called again uh megan oh yeah that is megan yeah. gotcha yeah yeah that's okay yeah it's great i've seen it no, it looks great well cool and the mitchells versus the machines have you seen that i haven't yeah, I, I haven't, haven't either but that's on the list. There's a, yep. So what we're trying to get at is there are lots of films <laughs> yeah. that, and they largely deal with the spiritual journeys. It seems like that's the, I wasn't even thinking of Wally, uh, but that's, you're absolutely right. That's a, that's a very interesting film to consider alongside of like these artificial yeah, intelligence films. That's right. Um, fantastic. Well, okay. Um, any final words as we wrap up? No, I think we're all good, man. Awesome. Looking forward to the next one. Yeah, this is going to be great. I, in some sense, I want to, um, I want to revisit this when Creator comes out, just to see where we're at. It's in some sense like a pulse. Yeah. To check the pulse. Every new AI movie kind of gives us a new sense of where we're at. But things you can look forward to on the podcast coming up. We didn't really give you the heads up of what was next after our Body Snatchers uh, uh, podcast, but we've got uh, we'll, we'll do a podcast on Wes Anderson. Um, I'm really excited about talking about the life aquatic. Uh, we'll do something probably around The Exorcist and some of these um, films like The Nun 2, which just came out. Uh, I'll, I'll have some things to say about that in late October and mm-hmm. then probably in early November, right before my birthday, we'll cover The uh, Killers of the Flower Moon with uh, Martin Scorsese. Um, so stay tuned. Right check us out. If you want to leave a review, that's the best way to help people find us. Uh, but until next time, be well, stay safe. We'll see you next time on the Art House Roadshow. And that's a wrap. Thank you for joining us on Art House Roadshow. We'll see you next time.